0: Welcome to show 67 of the C-Suite podcast, the first in a series of specials that we're recording here at the Cannes Lion International Festival of Creativity. I'm Russell Goldsmith, and uh, this is actually the third time that we've come to the event, and the third time too that we've partnered with the International Communications Consultancy Organization, who are hosting us in their ICO House of PR, uh, where we are set up in one of the cabanas on the beachfront outside the main festival hall. Uh, Now, if it gets a little bit loud and busy during these uh, interviews, I do apologize, but that's because it's actually really busy here in the cabana, and we're actually set up up right next to the good guys from the Guinness World Records. There you go, a little cheer from them, um, and because uh, they're actually trying to break a, uh, a world record uh, here at the, at, the, at the Cabana. They're, they're looking to uh, beat the fastest time to type uh, the alphabet on a touch screen uh, mobile phone. So I'm sure if you uh, follow the guys at Guinness World Records, uh, you'll find out whether or not they achieve that. Uh, now, the, in this episode, we're um, looking at some of the technology on show here at the event. And to kick things off, I'm joined by Chris Duffy from Adobe and Doug Gould of Microsoft, who uh, presented earlier uh, today on the interactive stage here at the festival in a session titled Human and Machine, Stronger Together in the Age of Co-Creation. Chris, can you give us a quick overview about uh, what, the, with, what the talk was about? Yeah, well?
1: without a doubt, and thanks for having us. Just to uh, paint a picture for the, the folks at home, we're overlooking the beautiful Mediterranean, so no better place That's to talk about beautiful. <laughs> human and machine. Yeah. So yeah, we, we uh, gave a talk this morning about that relationship, that role between human creativity with computational power of uh, technology specifically. artificial intelligence and we really kind of honed in on the role of AI in the creation process being that of an assistant, that of a peer, and that of a muse, almost this highest order of being in and a source of inspiration so I, I think we gave some pretty Uh, interesting examples uh, throughout the talk as well.
0: Yeah, and and this partnership between Adobe and and Microsoft, it's becoming quite a a regular thing seeing you guys uh, talk together at various different events, isn't it, Doug?
2: Yeah, the relationship is a really strong one, and I think that the complement, the way that our technology and our products complement those of Adobe is really unique and something that when companies are becoming more digital, they'll rely heavily on... integrated way to go about their operations their marketing and microsoft and adobe really pull all of that together and, and help move it forward
0: sure well so, so the, a lot of the technologies that that uh, you, you sort of just touched on there chris and you know some of the stuff that you were talking about in the session that they they get talked about a lot at events like this um and in fact we've we've uh, covered them quite regularly on the podcast. In fact, some uh, we, we did some talks uh, from one of Microsoft's events in, in London uh, <laughs> last year at, at Future Decoded, where we covered quite a bit of it. But it's this, it's this human and machine relationship that's interesting. Can you explain... You know how that's going to help improve creativity, and also address this area that you guys at Adobe talk about quite a lot, Chris. And this, this content philosophy, this—you know, this speed at which we're creating and producing content now. Yeah, you
1: know, I think we kind of lead with the highest order, that being of creating experiences, and then how can we leverage technology, AI, in this case, to develop these moments of delight throughout uh, the customer journey. So uh, there, there's a number of different ways to access and utilize AI to amplify human creativity, to accelerate and to enhance human creativity. Uh, one case in point is Project Arrow, which is a new AR tool where you can now kind of merge the the physical with the virtual world. So really excited about kind of combining AR with another acronym, AI, and uh, utilizing that digital data exhaust coming out of AR kind of contextual location based information and then creating almost this creative feedback loop where you've got all this great data, you set AI on top of it to discover the patterns and then you can measure it and optimize the creative and. And it goes on and on. Yeah.
0: Well, you sh- you, you showed some great uh, videos. In fact, we'll share those on our show notes um, after the session. There was one. I think it was using Hololens, Doug. Where yep. you know they're sort of like creating. Well, well, I'll tell you what. You described the video. It'd be probably better for you to talk about it and and some of the technologies that's that's going on there.
2: Sure. And it's a pretty exciting video because it uses a couple of different it sprinkles in a couple of different emerging technologies. So the context is a team is getting ready for a client meeting where they're doing a spec of a retail space. So they are using the HoloLens to digitally create what that mock-up would look like. And they're doing it in a collaborative fashion where someone is in Japan, another person's in an office, and third person, the main character, I guess, is in the, the real physical space. And the AI assistant, that is being called into the Hollands experience is helping bring these people together. It's being amused, back to Chris's point, it's providing some inspiration. And at the end of the video, which I really love, is um, it has even word clouds pop up hmm. where someone comes in speaking Japanese, but because you're wearing this mixed reality headset, you see those words turn into English. And so, those are the type of things that I think are while it might be a little bit for further from where we are today not out in the five to ten year time horizon a lot of that stuff is here and it's accelerating and it shows that ai can be this tool this productive assistant that can come in and, and help us get our job done it can help us collaborate with each other as humans a big point of view that, that chris is, and i have is that ai can help us work more collaboratively together and it can inspire us. So,
0: Have you got an example of where, so you're saying that's sort of like not too far out in the future. Have you got an example where this technology is now helping with, with creativity, bringing the technology and human
1: you know, together? One example that we, we've been really celebrating and excited about is the introduction of physicality into the content creation aspect almost this pollock-like environment where you're moving and you're kind of interacting with the creation in of itself so we're doing some pocs around that and then imagine introducing music to that scenario and how can sound kind of influence the creation process as well
0: well i was interested on that because you touched on that in in Right at the end of the session, and it was something that I was keen to hear more about, especially given we're an audio channel, you were talking about sound AR. Um, can you expand on that a little bit more?
2: Sound and podcasting, just being tied in to the startup ecosystem within New York and understanding some of the changes that are happening in media, sound is having this massive resurgence where with the AirPods, which is the example of answering the question of what is one of the more exciting technologies I see, you can be walking down the street and it can call in to make uh, a left turn because your laundry is done or to give you a certain experience telling you that if you're in London, Jack the Ripper was born not too far away. And I think that's really exciting because it is a new reality, right? And it's something that isn't as pervasive. I think we're getting to the point where people are kind of overlooking at their phone all the time. But now with sound, it's something that can be very unobtrusive, but enhance our our experience in a physical space
0: and and there was another example that you showed with Braun and how ai was working with all the shapes within within the uh their product sort of and that was
1: a bit of a world premiere of sorts Uh, that was the first time it was publicly shown and it's uh, i think um, there's some elements that are very exciting in the sense that it created a design language off of historical design principles and I think that bubbles up to the top this notion that universal design principles have never been more important you know, uh, in the history of design and now AI can amplify those principles. So I think back to you know, one of your earlier points, um, it's not about one or the other, it's not about human or machine, it's mm. uh, bringing them together and that's a great case in point where you still have these fundamental design principles, but when you put it uh, in combination with AI, it just amplifies uh, the ability. We, we got so excited
2: Sorry. about that, because it just, it, it amplifies the message that we had so much, because if you think of the challenge with something like content velocity, and you're creative, it could take years to be able to really understand the look and the feel of a brand, and and when Chris was showing that example, we were talking through it, we were just saying, this is amazing because it, it captures all those points that Chris had around, it's a muse, it's an assistant, it's helping us be more productive. AI can be such a great tool for creatives. So when we saw that video, we were like, Oh man, we really want to get this in there. Well,
0: well as I said, we're going to try and sh- share all those on our on our show notes, um, if that's okay with you guys. <laughs> so we'll embed that on the on the website. But um, for now, if, if our listeners want to find out more about this topic, where's the where's the best place to go?
1: You know, Doug and myself. Yeah, ha- happy to uh, have conversations. We're really in the business of solving some of the toughest business problems together. You know, one I think underlying fundamental principle of the this talk was what is the power when you bring two technology partners together and you can see how when you combine Microsoft's ability and capabilities with Adobe's capabilities, you have this really unique opportunity to create these end-to-end solutions.
0: So uh, let's give our listeners a little hint as to where to find you. Let's try Twitter. Uh, Chris, what's, what's your hand?
1: At, at Duffy Chris. At Duffy so, D-U-F-F-E-Y Chris. And Doug?
2: Doug W. Gould. Fantastic,
0: Chris Duffy and uh, Doug Gould. Thanks for joining the show. Thanks awesome. for having me. Thank us. you
2: so much for having us. Pleasure. It's harder than ever to keep track of everything being
3: said in news and social media. It's even more difficult to gain actionable insights that will improve your reputation and results. Karma provides global media intelligence services to help you communicate more effectively, from automated media monitoring to expertly crafted PR measurement reports. Karma delivers what matters. For more information or to schedule a free consultation, please visit karma.com. That's C A R M A.com.
0: Welcome back to the C-Suite Podcast with me, Russell Goldsmith. I'm uh, now joined by uh, two gentlemen who have uh, just finished a presentation that uh, is really interesting on uh, creating immersive content and experiences all around VR, AR. I'm going to get these two guys to introduce themselves and tell me which uh, companies uh, they are from.
4: Hi, I'm uh, Graham Cox. I'm the CEO and co-founder of MTech. Uh, we make uh, biometric technology that reads uh, expression and emotion from the uh, face of the wearer.
3: Hi, I'm Adrian Lowe, I'm the CEO of Finition. Uh We are a technology experiential company and we do a lot of applications for virtual reality, augmented reality and other immersive technologies.
0: Excellent. Well, Adrian, let's, let's start with you, because um, I was just interested to know a little bit about what you've been showing here, because you, you guys have done a combined presentation, haven't you? So Adrian, talk us through what you've been doing.
3: Yes. So what, what we're looking at is um, we've explored a lot of this, this sort of space of virtual reality. But uh, for us, uh, so far, it's been a lot of a journey of the visual. Um, what it's very interesting and what will be very interesting is try to understand what people feel when they see this sort of visuals and what is their experience, um, how it triggers different different emotions because then we can create content that's much more interesting and that responds, it responds to the actual uh, emotional triggers and uh, we, we have a better understanding of how to do experiences that actually have meaning.
4: Yeah.
0: And, and Graham, this is where your biometric technology comes into play. Do you want to explain how that all works and maybe where it's already being used as well?
4: Absolutely. So uh, um, I, I, my background's in uh, artificial intelligence. I've been working in AI for my whole adult life, in fact. Uh, and I've always had a fascination with effective computing, understanding how you can computationally understand uh, emotion, mood, uh, expression, non-verbal communication, etc. Uh, and M Tech represents the, the the pinnacle of that for me. I, I met a facial surgeon actually um, about three years ago, Charles Naduk, my co-founder, um, who literally takes faces apart and puts them back together again for a living. Who had an absolutely fascinating uh, vision of how you could use the face, which is the the natural human way of expressing how we feel, subconsciously, unconsciously, continuously, of using that to understand. Um, human emotion and we set about uh, two and a half years ago now building a pair of glasses that look back at the face of the wearer and can understand the movement of the face the electrical activity of the muscles underlying it, your heart rate uh, and various other um, aspects of your physical activity, your stance, your head posture etc and and translate that using AI machine learning into um, usable data and we now have working systems uh, and We're working with a uh, small number of of top quality partners of which Adrian and Anishin is is absolutely key amongst them to build use cases in the uh, 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 creative media entertainment space alongside the uh, important healthcare work that we're doing into um, symptom monitoring of neurological problems. That's fascinating.
0: Uh, Your actual uh, talk was billed as... You know, this is being the next big thing in advertisers' use of VR. Adrian, what I was keen to know, actually, is is just sort of like taking a snapshot of the market at the moment, how well VR is currently performing as a medium for brands. And then moving forward, whether or not the integration of of what you're doing with with Graham's uh, technology, you would expect that to be involved in in campaigns moving forward at some stage, you know, whether that's development testing or execution in, in every VR activity. So let's start with that first one in terms of where where are we with with the market?
3: Yes, at the moment I think VR is used at a very superficial level. Um, And because of that, you know, companies are a little bit, uh, you know, they don't really know if they want to invest. Usually the the amount of money that you have to invest in these sort of projects is considerable. It's a big part usually of a marketing budget, mainly because a lot of the content is bespoke uh, and is created through bespoke methods. Um, so, unless you provide some sort of return on investment, and unless you provide some sort of measurable return on investment, whichever way you want to measure that, mm. it will just stagnate. So, what we're interested in, and you know, um, marketing and advertising is, is one area, but we're looking at training and social responsibility and social enterprise and others. But certainly st- sticking with um, marketing and advertising, um, we, we are faced now with a, with a media that completely changes the rules so if in film you know how to do cuts and you know we spend the last thirty years trying to understand you know, what, what is a grammar of that sort of medium. With virtual reality it's, it's a new grammar and we are reinventing it but we are reinventing it in a, in a very empirical way. So we were asking is there a way in which we can actually measure and try to understand the decisions that people are making based on their emotions and we know that this decisional process is pretty much an emotional one very often. And, you know, that's backed by research and and everything else. So how can we create content? How can we actually tell a story in a medium which is completely different from what we were accustomed with? A medium that's not linear, as film is. A medium which is extremely non-linear, which allows the user to actually take their own decisions inside. How do we do that and how do we measure that from an emotional standpoint?
0: Have you got anything live that you've worked on together at the moment or is it still work in progress it's it's a sort of work in progress,
3: okay. but we have tried a few things we've done some experiences for um, uh, you know the top of the shah then the top of Burj Khalifa where we film with drones from the top and yeah. you know you you get to actually f- um, a jump from from the top of the building and you know
0: I, w- I wouldn't uh, want to measure my biometrics <laughs> on that <laughs> no,
3: but the it's very interesting because actually you goes through quite a lot of, of emotions from being elated by looking around yeah. and seeing everything moving uh, to the actual moment when you have to you know, step down and just jump. And uh, it's it, what's interesting is that you pro, the, the experiences provides um, our audiovisual part of the brain with mm. stimuli that are taken as real, although you're in a room with a headset on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the power of it.
0: Well, I've actually seen lots of case studies with VR being used to overcome
4: phobias. So, yes, like a fear probably. of
0: height, like that one. I mean, I've got fear of heights. So that that is that helping you put you in that in that position and Fair, then using very much.
4: Yeah, I mean, VR is an empathy machine, basically, and yeah. and using it to uh, uh, to help uh, train for social and uh, and business situations is is, is extremely powerful. Yeah. We're actually on the healthcare side. We're just starting a piece of work to. Uh, help treat um, autistic teenagers uh, by introducing them to um, uh, difficult social situations in uh, VR and AR. So basically they get faced with an avatar which is unfamiliar uh, and they, they go through a gamified training process to um, which simultaneously tests whether they can deliver the right emotional responses for the situation but also desensitizes them to uh, to that um, uh, trauma, as it is for them, of dealing with an uh, with an unknown individual, what uh, the, the actual avatar that they're interacting with is being driven by mum or dad from another headset, but but they are experiencing it as a stranger. So you get safe, uh, controlled environment, but using the power of the empathy machine to drive uh, retraining of behaviour. It's so I, you know, basically, you're exactly right.
3: And we do some, um, some work in the same sort of space. With, uh, we've done some training for a fostering and adoption agency in London. Uh, and they work with all the local authorities to try to, under- to, try to get uh, uh, parents who are adopting to understand what is the background of those kids and what they've gone through. You know? And we've done a lot of work also with the road safety authority to have a, 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 you know, a VR training tool to get the teenagers to understand what drink driving or drug driving means. But what we'd like to do is to go a step deeper and try to understand what will be the actual strong emotional trigger that will have the biggest impact when people are going through these sort of experiences. And in order to do that, we have to measure. We have to understand, you know, what are the triggers that will, will, will drive that sort of content. And we're, we're talking in, 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 the, um, um, in, in our speech today and we're saying, well, actually, why don't we take it a step further that the content is updated in real time based on your own interaction and your own emotions? You know? How would that look like? Yeah. What would be that sort of feedback loop?
0: Excellent stuff. Uh, well, listen, if uh, our listeners want to find out more information about all this combination of VR and biometrics, uh, where's the best place for them to go?
4: Well, both of our websites. Um, so mtech.net for uh, mtech's content.
3: And initian.co.uk for initian fantastic
0: Uh, Adrian and Graham uh, thank you very much for uh, joining the show I think we're now off to uh, play with some uh, VR headsets so uh, thank you let's have some fun cheers thanks 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 a lot
2: you're listening to the C-Suite podcast to listen to all previous shows in the series you can either visit c-suitepodcast.com follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe to the show in iTunes by searching for the C-Suite podcast in the iTunes store please do give us a positive rating and review when you do
0: Welcome back to the show and a uh, warm welcome also to Nikos Acuna, a Chief Visionary for Seismic, an agency that describes themselves as creating advertising solutions for the future. Um, and Nikos is here in Cannes to host a panel session on what AI teaches us about creativity and the universe. So uh, Nikos, tell us a little bit about what you're hoping to cover in your talk, um, but also its relevance to the marketing world.
5: Absolutely. So as chief visionary for Seismic, a company that brings together kind of the three pillars of what we call marketing of the future, right? Data enablement, creative optimization and media execution, which is pretty much what's going to drive any kind of media execution strategy in the future. The impetus for the talk came from really just wanting to push the boundaries. Everybody is here to talk about personalization and brand experiences, but what I wanted to do was really think outside the box, push the boundaries on what the creative process really is and what it means for brands. If you're looking at any type of technology, especially when it comes to marketing, it only does three things. You're looking to enhance customer experiences to make them more relevant, you're looking to drive business performance to whatever KPI you're aiming to measure, and you're aiming to find more granular insights about who's actually buying your stuff and who can connect with your brand more meaningfully. With any kind of brand that wants to launch something in the marketplace, you're trying to inspire people. And with inspiration comes optimizing experiences. And so my thesis is that in order to understand what inspires people, you have to dig deeper into what those connections are. You have to go into the brain to understand how neural configurations are starting to form. And then just ask the bigger questions that nobody else is asking. Why are we all here? Why do you do what you do? How do you differentiate yourself in a noisy universe? So the impetus for the panel is really to bring together different minds in order to round about fundamentally answer the question of how can we be better marketers.
0: And who have you got on the panel and why have you brought these people together?
5: Absolutely. So I have Adrian Bijan who's the adjunct professor at Duke University. He is a mechanical engineer and physicist. I have Su-Gwen Chung who is an augmented reality and augmented intelligence artist. So she comes from Bell Labs in MIT, and she uses a robotic arm called Dynamic Operations Unit to augment her own creative process. And then um, now, kind of coming on, on board is, uh, is a chief creative officer from Critical Mass, and I also have a PhD of artificial intelligence, George Zarkadakis, kind of bringing it all together. Yeah. And Guan Chung is interesting because, um, in my opinion, she's kind of the, the, the microcosm for how we use our tools to Better our lives. Here's an artist who has fully embraced artificial intelligence is now using it to augment her own creative process. And I feel that marketers could benefit from from seeing her embrace those tools and and really kind of bring people out of context in terms of the platforms that they're using today to drive these kind of outcomes that they want the most. Yeah.
0: Just out of interest, I mean obviously this episode. Uh, that we're doing this interview on, uh, we've already spoken to Adobe and Microsoft and EmTech and, and, and Anition, and we've talked about AI and machine learning and VR and augmented reality and all these different things. And obviously the stuff that you, that you focus on. Is there a danger here at Cannes? There's so much talk about tech and and all these, these amazing technologies that, we, we forget that a lot of the world still quite like to listen to the radio, see an outdoor poster, watch TV. I mean, is there a danger that there's too much focus on this? So I'm obviously throwing a question to someone whose focus is on, on the on the future, but what's your thoughts on right. that?
5: Right. I'm, I'm kind of in a bubble myself, right? Yeah. So coming from Silicon Valley and understanding that, that microcosm that... Technology solves for absolutely everything with technology solve for more technology. Oh, the problem is for for technology is to to bring about more technology, as uh, Andressen Horowitz actually says. But you're absolutely right. There's this long tail of adoption when it comes to any kind of technology. But what I like to pinpoint the most is if you take a look at the mobile phone, the iPhone, for instance, in 2007, and how it's gained wide-scale adoption in just 10 years' time. So you have half of the entire world that's now fully been adopted to this type of technology. Yeah. And you think about all the derivative innovations that have come as a result, Uber, Airbnb, and basically matching through marketplaces what people want when they have it through their devices. And what I find interesting about that is that it only took 10 years time for the entire world to adopt this entire infrastructure. You have people trading bales of hay for cryptocurrencies in the savannas of Africa that don't even have running water, okay? (laughs) They have access to MIT courses, they have access to global markets, anybody can be an entrepreneur now. So I would say of the 3 billion or so people that still like to read the paper, and I I myself like the lethargy of opening a book and smelling those pages, um, there's going to always be that. But we're going to find more and more that with the exponential growth trends of these types of technologies, the infrastructure is already placed and it's, it's inevitable that people will, will follow suit or else they're just not going to be reached. But, but there are enough people in the world that are using them that, you know, focusing on this uh, on the beach at can is, uh, is still critical to everybody that yeah, works in yeah. the space.
0: Well, listening to the way you're answering these questions, it, it brings me nicely onto the, the question I wanted to ask you about your own video series, uh, Symbiosis, um, which it's brilliantly produced, it's really fast-paced, it's, it's packed with loads of information. I'm keen to know what the thinking was behind creating the series, but also, where do you get these monologues from because I've I've watched a couple of them and they are incredible the way you you film it but go on tell us about it thank
5: you I appreciate it so symbiosis is a big idea about how technology is transforming our lives so the inspiration came from uh, Kelly's book Kevin Kelly's book What Technology Wants and so as these technological trends are transforming our brains the way that we connect with one another it's uh, more often than not we're at the dinner table kind of texting away and doing our thing Um, I, I wanted people to pay attention to how, not to fear technology, but obviously to be more optimistic about the future in which technology is going to be fully embedded in, in our daily lives. And so with that, I what I do is I think about Um, a broader topic, say it's the future of marketing, or how experiences are becoming more liquid in nature, or uh, basically how technology is transforming each and every one of us, and I have a a keen idea of what I'd like to say, but it's fully unscripted, and so what I do is I go out into nature, and from there, I just fully riff for for two to three minutes or so, seeing if I could nail one topic, knowing that I want to land the plane on this big idea, and seeing what comes out. It's sort of like... um, the best way to describe it is how how freestyle rappers uh, when they would just kind of you know imp- improvise on the spot and do it so that kind of became you know my craft of sorts and, and starting to build toward that and i just wanted to produce something unique in the marketplace that goes beyond uh, kind of what everybody else is producing yeah. and so i'll have some editors layer some stock footage on top of that after i do this full performance and they're they're kind of easier to crank out than fully scripted you know let's go shot by shot and as busy as i am i don't have the time to do that well, so i'm going to say yeah.
0: I, yeah, I'm gonna gonna have to get some training off you because I still rely, this is why I hide behind audio because I heavily rely on my script that's sitting in front of me. But um, where can our listeners uh, get to watch them then?
5: Yeah, absolutely. You could just log on to NikosAcuna.com. So my first name, last name.com. You can find me on Instagram and then on YouTube. It's uh, Symbiosis Nikos Brilliant. I'm easy to find. Okay.
0: Um, you shared, you talked about obviously the iPhone and some of the apps that have, you know, and businesses that have launched for that. Can you can you, can you share any other real-world examples of brands taking advantages of some
5: of these areas that you're discussing? So it's a, it's interesting. Seismic sits at the intersection of data, media, and creative, and it's our thesis that so all of machine learning, all of artificial intelligence, is just doing two things: it's recognizing patterns and it's predicting the future. And with any machine learning technology, what you're doing is you're taking the data that you have to get data that you want and so you're constantly filling in the blanks with these types of technologies. Seismic, sitting at the intersection of fully aligning data, media, and creative, we now have a technology that can pull creative attributes from one place, ad server impression IDs from another place, using uh, legacy rocket fuels technology in the the real-time bidding landscape from exchanges, so you're looking at combining three trillion ad server impressions at a global scale per year, 300 billion or so daily real-time bidding impressions, Uh, millions of different creative attributes that people are loading up, so you can start to answer questions around what's really motivating people, how to target them, not just based on any third-party data segment, I know this person is male, I know this person is female, they're between the ages of 18 to 35, but you can get to more nuanced data sets Uh, This person is an influencer. This person is a political advocate. This person wants to change the world. This person wants to stand out from the crowd. This person wants to be more rebellious. And I think those brand lexicons of the future are going to take into account deeper attributes and deeper aspects that are going to help them target individuals and create connections that are far more meaningful sure. than before okay I want to
0: finish off that there's a there was a really interesting question which was part of your session description that I'm blatantly gonna rip off and, and, and now finish this interview by asking it to you and it said uh, how do these implications change what it means to be human and how will it impact our future so that's
5: how we're going to finish absolutely you should ask this to every single person about how technology is transforming their lives. There's, um, there's a school of thought and paradigm that says technology is going to take over everything. Uh, that's the naysaying view. Uh, I'm an optimist. Uh, I'm an optimistic futurist, and I believe that, um, you know, the school of thought of transhumanism. um, Marshall McLuhan said, first we build the tools, and then the tools build us. Steven Johnson riffs off of this, and he calls it the adjacent possible, all the different ways in which the future can unfold. And so I believe it's going to be like Iron Man. We're going to augment our own brains. We are going to change by being smarter. We're going to connect with each other more deeply. Uh, we're going to create better opportunities than ever before. And as Peter Diamandis and Stephen Kotler had identified in their book, um, we are increasing our quality of lives than ever before. And, and ultimately, we're going to be transhuman. We're all going to be superhuman. We're all going to be geniuses. And, uh, and everything's going to be awesome. And it's going to be like this at Cannes on the beach. <laughs> Tremendous. Listen, Nikos, uh, thank you so much for for joining us. Thank you, Russell. It's been fun. That's brilliant.
0: Listen, that actually uh, wraps up this episode as well. Um, So just a quick thank you again to Eco for uh, hosting us in their House of PR. Uh, Don't forget, you can listen to all previous shows um, of the series on the website at c com or subscribe to any of the feeds on your favorite podcast app. So iTunes, SoundCloud, ACAST, wherever. Uh, Just search for the C-Suite Podcast and you should be able to find us. And if you do, please do give us a nice and rating and review because that helps us climb the business podcast charts if you want to get involved in the show in any way you can contact us using the form on the website or if you want to reach me then you can find me on twitter using at russ goldsmith but for now thanks for listening and goodbye